Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Everybody, welcome to the Midnight Frightcast, episode number 70. We are missing our screen queen tonight. Maddie is not here. She's got better shit to do. She's watching The Void. So we are going to go-, <laughs> so go over to our doctor of uh, filmonomics, Griggs, here. Hi. Uh, doctor of everything else, Patrick. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And I am the other guy in the room. My name is Josh. God damn so it, Josh. God we damn it, Josh. are going to kick this off tonight. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. We're going to kick this off tonight with a trailer. We watched the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Who are you going to call? Which last week uh, when we did this, I think I called it Ghostbusters 2020 because I had no idea. That they they had given a name to it? I had no idea. Who wants to start? I I just can't wait to see this. Are you in on it? uh, I've been in on it ever since they cast Paul Rudd in this movie. Okay. And then they announced that the members of the original cast, minus Harold Ramis, is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. I, I've been in it since the beginning. Okay. So in this trailer, I thought just it's a beautiful trailer. It's not just a trailer. It's a beautiful trailer. Right. It, it gives you just enough to really reel you in. Right? Yes. It, they don't show any of the original cast mm-hmm. right there. And it, I, I'm excited. I'm super excited to check it out. I was excited two weeks ago when we first started talking about Ghostbusters. Yeah. And then that trailer dropped, and I'm not as excited really? anymore. Oh. And, you know, people are calling it Stranger Things Light. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not far off from disagreeing with it. But is that just because of Finn Wolford? I, I think, but it also has that Stranger Things feel to it, a group of kids – um, that's what it feels like it's going to be about is that that group of kids. And I understand like they need someone to kind of pass the torch to. And I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but like they're focusing that trailer focuses a ton on these kids. And I understand like you want to like dangle the carrot and shit and you want people to like, ooh, what's the next trailer going to mm-hmm. be? But like I wish they would have had at least some hint at the original three something. I know they showed the the trap and they showed the car and they gave you that little bit of like nostalgia and shit. I wish there would have been like a Slimer kind of like spotting. You don't don't know. Do you think he's going to be in it? I do think he's going to be in it. You you don't know that Um, that wasn't him in there. The one thing they did do that I think was from the original and they don't give it a lot. um, So I'm just guessing was there's a spot where it looks like a dog is stepping onto a car and that foot looks ah, exactly yes. like the dogs from the original Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. So I'm wondering Good if catch. that's something that might kind of get put back in there. I'm wondering how much of Ghostbusters is going to be in the new Ghostbusters or if they are really going to focus on a new kind of chapter. And I feel like they might piss a handful of people off kind of like this last Ghostbusters kind of attempt was. Where they're not gonna, it's not gonna be Ghostbusters, and if they do, and 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 Jason Reitman do it, did it. So there's there's no fucking way that it's not gonna be Ghostbusters. But like, I just wish they would have given a little bit more of a Ghostbusters feel to it. Well, and you gotta wonder, since so many members of the original cast are involved with this mm-hmm. one, you 
would assume that they had some input into it in the sense of saying, I will only do this if. Mm-hmm. Right. But didn't Dan Aykroyd, isn't he a writer on this? I mean, isn't, I, I thought. He's one of them, yeah. Yeah, I thought. Um, yeah, he's, he's got writing credit. Well, because they even have Harold Ramis as writing credits on this. Well, I mean, So I wonder you know. if they were working on it before he died. Well, they've been working on it for quite some time. Well, or so. they pulled in old material that, that yeah, cause they didn't were writing make the other movies. Forever and a day ago, they did. They were writing Ghostbusters Go to Hell. Right. And so I wonder, like, did any of those things kind of fit in here? I mean, look, it's Ghostbusters. Who's not going to go see Ghostbusters? I will fucking be there. I'm just saying... I wish I, I, I wanted a little bit more nostalgia from the trailer. I wanted to see something besides these tiny little references that they gave me. But remember, this is the first trailer that came out, so they're probably going to release two or three more. Yeah. And sure. they're, one of them is going to make an appearance in at least one of those. I, I mean, they have to. Just right. based on that, like, we, we're giving you enough to satisfy until the next one. Right. And then until the next one. And I, I feel like this is – it's either going to go – really, really well, or it's going to go really, really south. And I I don't want to say that because I know the Ghostbusters franchise sands that mishap that happened a couple years ago. And that's why I don't think it'll go south because I think because they're going to make up for that. That was their, that was their oopsies. Yeah. I I don't want them to make it a, a complete fan service film. I want it to be the third installment of the Ghostbusters series. Right. Even though it's 20, 30 some years later, I want it to be the next chapter, regardless of whether they bring in Spengler. Is it his granddaughter? Yeah, it's the grandchildren. Okay, of so if, uh, regardless of whether they bring Spengler's grandchild in, or however that's going to work, or if they make Paul Rudd the new Ghostbuster. Actually, I think right. he'd be a fantastic addition to that. Right. But I, I want it to be a story on its own, not just because it is the Ghostbusters series. But they do have to fan service. If they, they have don't to. fan service in that movie, again, it's but I think if people they, are going to riot. I think if they do it correctly, they will get the fan service out of the story. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they don't walk in there and just start cracking Peter Venkman jokes right. just because that's what he did however many years ago. I right. for some reason it's slipping me. When did the first one come out? Nineteen eighty four. Was it four? Okay. And then 1986 or seven. That. Okay. Don't make it a because he did this then. Make it the next, like make it 30 years later right. or whatever it is. Right. That's, that's my biggest thing. That, that's the, the thing that I think Hollywood is really screwing up right now when they try to remake these is they're trying to focus more on the fan service than they are on the story. Right. Which could very easily include the fan service, just little pieces and bits. Yeah. And not worry about what the what it's doing and how it's affecting the story you know write right. the story then include the fan service yeah. right i am confirming 1984 and then ghostbusters 2 was at 89 89 thank you okay. thank you yeah so i mean again patrick says he's all in greg's all in i'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm in you know i'm in i just yeah there's like, hesitations. like you're not yeah. gonna go see it you know <laughs> right i fuck i go see movies i hate but yeah it's fucking ghostbusters so yeah who News. Call? July tenth, twenty twenty. July tenth. Yep. That's so far away. God it does damn. seem like it, it is yeah. a summer movie, though. Some that, gonna, That'll go quick. It's a summer movie that's probably going to just kill that weekend. Yes, so. it will. Yeah. Yes, it will. Um, uh, news. What? Patrick's the, the only what? The what? Uh, current events. I tried, Maddie. It's the news. I even tried like Maddie's current event attempt and missed out. Well, the only person that has current events tonight is Patrick. So yeah, and it's not even that great. 
of a piece of news. But you did your homework, so good for well, you. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sat on the computer and Googled. Right. Ooh. No, from RottenTomatoes.com. According to their tomato meter, 2019 has been the best year for horror in four decades. Wow. Um, <clears throat> the overall average for horror films released since 1980 is a rotten 43.8, but 2019 horror is running at a fresh 60%. Is that based off of dollar numbers or is that based off of like how do that's, they – That's a critic input. Critics oh, okay. input. So I think it's really difficult for this to be completely justified mm-hmm. because they said four decades. Right. Well, four decades ago, the Rotten Tomatoes was not even around. So they've got people now re- uh, critiquing movies from gotcha. 40 years ago. Right. It's com- and how does that stand out? Right. It's, it's other. comparing the Hall of Famer versus the Rookie of the Year. Exactly. You can't do it. Exactly. And I, I disagree with that. I don't so think I, that 2019 was that good. And according to the uh, Tomato Meter, 2006 had the lowest rating with uh, a rotten 31%. 2006. I couldn't I'm even tell you. Yeah. I'm interested to see what came out in 2006. Yeah. Well, I could let you know if you want to Google talk that shit, Patrick. Here. Yeah, I mean, we can figure out how to fill some time while Patrick google's 2006 oh look he's done that was quick um uh, silent hill the hills have eyes slither hatchet saw behind the mask i mean those the are host, the grudge Two, black sheep when a stranger calls final destination three uh the omen remake every all the boys love mandy lane i just saw it yeah i'll give that one i'll mark that one that was a good movie i like that Fido, one. Uh, the woods them oh <laughs> the wicker man Okay, you're right. 2006. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. (laughs) Winner. Um, But yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, that's what they're claiming. Hmm. I I disagree with that. I mean, 2019 had some decent movies, but I feel like, given our topic and what we talked about tonight, there was some better. There's better years. Yeah. And in the last decade, there was better years. And even with Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, with all the scandal of bloated ratings and everything else i believe that take what they say with a grain of salt right a grain yeah okay with a i throw a lime and a shot of tequila a, with that <laughs> with a spoon of ketchup spoon oh ketchup that's and that's disgusting. all i've got for news and like i said it's not really that much news cool that was the news so in 2020 one of our goals is to cut the doo-doo-doos right we're not going to do-do anymore. It's one okay. of your goals, but... <laughs> God, I, I've got to figure out something for that there, though. Maybe it's, you know, like that one time I played that lead-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it was, was actually just, pretty good. But it was just way too freaking long. It was yeah. a 30-second lead-in. So um, I we'll find something. That's fine. I don't, I don't care if you guys do-do at all. <laughs> no, we'll just, do-do. Yeah. We'll do-do you-do. Um, do-do all day. Uh, we're going to go into what we've been watching, because I'm sure we've been watching a couple of things. So, Gregory, I'm just going to... It's... It's to my left night. Uh, Maddie's not here. so um. We'll call this the reach around her. Right. I really haven't been watching a whole lot. It's been uh, a little busy up in the the northern part of Nebraska in the Elkhorn region. But I have been able to watch a few things here and there. I have been continuing to watch The Orville, which I really, really enjoy. Have they started the next season yet? I don't know. Actually, my wife has surpassed me on watching it so i'm trying to play catch up on what she's been watching which is weird so i don't know if it's out quite yet but i'm um really enjoying it really enjoy seth mcfarlane not in a comedic role it's it's comedic but not like it's not 
Family Guy comedic. Like exactly. he is not the comic relief. He is the lead in this, mm-hmm. and he is a fantastic actor. I am really, really jiving on what he's doing with this uh, with this role. Interesting. Uh, watch that, and then last Sunday went out. Our church held a an event at the uh, the theater up in Omaha, and we all went and saw Frozen too. Oh, how was that? Which I was pleasantly surprised by. Is it's better than the first? Is it really? It is better than the first. Is it is dark, dark, right? It is fucking dark. Do you think that's why you enjoyed it more than the first? Because it was is it more adult? Yes and no. I mean, there are some definite adult tones in there. And I'm, I'm going to try and do this without spoiling as much as right. I can. The reason I appreciated it more was because it took a dive into a mythology stance. Okay. And I really enjoy mythology type stories. Okay. So I really enjoyed how they came up with what they were doing and where they went with it. It was just, it wasn't whimsical Disney. It was the darker side of Disney with a little whimsy to it. Okay. The songs aren't great. No. Didn't like. Any of them, really? The no, take that back. There was song? one. There was one that I liked, but it was because it was kind of a spoof on a Chicago song. Okay. <laughs> but otherwise, the story in itself was done pretty well, actually. Hmm. So. Very cool. I, I know M wants to go see that. We were going to go last week, and then we were like, well, we'll go to the Zoo Lights instead. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the fucking Zoo Lights, and they were sold out. So yeah, how do you sell out? I, the I don't zoo know. Lights? I don't know if they have a capacity, and so they go. Uh, sure. Oh, sold mm-hmm. out because we reached capacity. So that seems weird. Uh, mm-hmm. She yeah. was super bummed out, but definitely take her. I think she'd, uh, she'd I will appreciate her, yeah. it. Um, I will take her to that. So was that it? Yeah, that's all. I got. Okay, cool. That's all. I got. Okay, I've been watching more 2019 horror. Mm-hmm. I keep hoping to find that terrifier in this group of independents, right. and <laughs> I think I'm just wasting a lot of time gotcha. trying to find those. What are some titles? Do you remember any titles that that stick out to you? As, like... Any, tw- any that you've watched in 2019 horror, like the last week or two? Anything? Uh, I'm just curious. They don't stick out in my mind okay. as being memorable, so okay. no. Okay. There was, like, hashtag follow me, don't. <laughs> okay. Sounds like hashtag horror, which don't. was oh, horrible. Um, exactly. <laughs> Some of them are good ideas, but the execution is just not gotcha. up to par. Gotcha. It's really hard for me to dog on these movies. Josh, you had decided to change our topic tonight. It was originally going to be the worst of. Right. And I'm glad we're not doing that. Right. Because is it fair for us to throw something at the bottom when we know how hard it is to make movies? Right. In the, in, in the spirit of trying to keep it positive. Exactly. I mean, we fuck around and, you know, say some negative shit on here for sure. But in the spirit of trying to keep it positive, it exactly. Was like, What's some cool? Things and I think that do? was a great move to change the topic and, and go in the way we're going to later on in this in this cast. So watching all these movies and seeing some that are really really not good, it is difficult for right. me knowing how difficult it it is to make a good movie. Right. And if you know, we said we were going to do that bottom five thing. A hundred percent on my list would have been studio films. So I would have never picked on an independent film anyway. Um, it all would have been studio because they have no fucking excuse because right, right. they have endless amounts of money and time and resources mm-hmm. and have no excuse to make a bad fucking And, and that would probably be the best way to go with something like that right. because I cannot fault the filmmakers on a lot of these movies that I saw that I just right. didn't care for. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to handle 2020 a little bit differently <clears throat> going into it next year and not try to see as many as humanly possible. Right. Because it's impossible. Are you going to just try to see standouts and independents that are kind of being talked about 
like highly talked about. Things, you know what I mean? Things that are hitting like, the newswire and right. stuff like that. Because there's independence yeah. that definitely people like terrifier too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's independent. It's being talked right. about and right. it's not even 2020. Yet. Yeah. So I'll try and hit up those, but right. not seek out things that it's like on Hulu's back burner right. radar type. Right. Um, right. Check out, uh, if you're going to chase 2019 films on Hulu, check out Wounds. I heard that was really fantastic. Yep, I'm going to try to chase that. That's still on my list. Yep. I'm going to try to chase that before we do our 2019 yeah. cast, our yeah. last one. And so. I definitely have enough for a top 10 for 2019. I 100% so. have that as well. <laughs> yeah. so. You've got enough for a top 25. Yeah, right. uh, I don't know if I want to go that deep. So uh also been watching Mandalorian. I just really dig oh, that series. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Throw that under mine too. Yeah. And then <laughs> to give myself a little bit of break from the 2019 horror, I jumped back into the league. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that show. I'd seen it all the way through. Show. It just makes me laugh. It's stupid are, humor at its finest. And they are just so rotten to each other. Oh, yeah. And that's the best part of it. <laughs> so that's what I've been watching. Cool. Um, yeah, I chased some 2019 stuff because I feel like I felt super far behind on 2019 films uh, because I just have a really bad habit of watching go-tos and to fill time and shit. So I was like this next two weeks, I'm just going to, and then two weeks after this, I'm just going to try to catch as much 2019 stuff as I can uh, before the end of the year. I'm watching a show on Netflix called Mindhunter with my wife, Elizabeth. Um, She's into that kind of stuff. Um, It's definitely, um, if you like criminal minds, have you seen this Greg? Okay. If you like Criminal Minds, this is kind of like the stuff, like how that unit of the FBI was created. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Groff is in it. He's the lead in that. You know him from Spring Awakening, mm-hmm. probably yep. Patrick. Yep. Really, really good. Not something that I would see him doing. And when I heard that it was him, I was like, this is kind of weird. But he stands out. He's really, really good in it. The whole overall cast is really good. The show's like a binge watch show if you have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can easily binge it. They're hour-long episodes. 10 in the season, but they're really, really good, especially if you're into that kind of... Do you know who the creator of that is by any chance? I I do not. But yeah, we've been getting through those pretty quick. I watched Escape Room with my daughter yesterday. I'm sorry. Emma loved it. Really? She doesn't know any better, so... Dude, um, teach her. Teach her the ways. uh, She's also rethinking her birthday because she's not sure she wants to go to the, the Escape Room anymore for her birthday. Um, Emma, they're not like that. Um, but she really, really enjoyed it, and I did not. It's it's I saw light. Just did not like it. In fact, I couldn't really tell you a lot about it because I'm pretty sure I dozed in and out a lot of it. I was bored. But I when I talk, I when Emma sits and watches that watches that kind of stuff with me, I'm like, all right. Well, what do you think? She's like, I really liked it. And I was like, that is awesome. Good for you. <laughs> it is PG-13, yep. so it was safe. Kind of. Safer. So, but yeah, Emma dug it. Uh, good for her. She said, my only child that will sit down and watch that kind of shit with me. So I caught a movie called Darlin. It is on Amazon Prime or Shudder. Yes, it's on Prime. It is a third film mm. in a trilogy behind a movie called The Woman and a movie called Offspring. Mm. I did not know that. Darlin was just on my list. So I have not seen the other two. Um, the woman I didn't know about, um, I did not know about Offspring. So I wish I would have seen the first two. So I felt a little bit more uh, connected with who these characters were because I think they're all uh, characters that kind of cross over into mm-hmm. the next thing. It was good for what it was. I mean, it was all right. It's it's uh, about a feral child that gets, uh, she walks into a hospital and you don't know why. She just walks into a hospital on her own 
and the hospital like sedates her and then a, a Catholic church takes her in and kind of prepares her for her first Holy Communion. And then her fucking mother shows up and the shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. But it's a really kind of interesting film. The, the back half is better than the first half, I thought. And then the last film I watched was again on Prime. And I need one of you two to take a bullet for me. I don't care who it is, but I need one of you to watch this movie so you can come back and tell me you're fucking crazy. And I watched a movie on Prime called The Fanatic. It is the movie directed and written by Fred Durst. Oh, starring uh, John Travolta, right? Starring John Travolta in a role that I've never seen him play before. Okay. And it wasn't even like, it was like people are shitting on this movie so hard. And I got to the end of the movie and I couldn't find a reason to shit on it. And I was like, what the heck? Mm. Like, what should I do? I need someone to watch <laughs> this and be like, Josh, did, did not have your eyes in that day? What the fuck are you thinking? Who uh, who has our final film for the year? Uh, we picked a Christmas film. Yeah. I should have done that one for this, but that's um, okay. Okay, that's fine. I don't really care, though. We picked um, a film called All the Creatures Were Stirring. By we, I meant me. And we can totally change that. No, I just, if um, we... Go no, do you do you watch you the fanatic? You. It's on Prime. It's free. Is it? He plays a slow-minded person who is obsessed with an actor, an action star, mm-hmm. and he finds out from an app, uh, like it's, it's an app that pretty much tells you where all the Hollywood stars live, and he finds where this guy lives, and he keeps showing up at his house, and um, he gets turned away a few times in a not very nice way, mm-hmm. and it just. I can't even call say that uh, John Travolta played a bad character in this film because he played a character that just doesn't know any better. I sure. feel like it's I don't want to say I don't want it being recorded that I'm saying this film is kind of good, but uh, I just said it. So you're, fuck. you're entitled um, to your opinion. man. I know. But like I wanted to like I wanted to find every reason to like not like this movie because I'm not a big John, John Travolta fan. I don't really like his stuff. Mm-hmm. And Fred Durst, I only really know from Limp Biscuit. And the only kind of thing that Fred Durst <laughs> did in this movie that I was like, why the fuck would you do that? Was he played a Limp Biscuit song during the movie. Like they're listening to the radio and they played a Limp Biscuit song. And I was like, why would you fucking do that? Because he's he can get it for free. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's <laughs> or 100% be, or, it. Or not necessarily for free, but can get some of the, uh, oh, the royalties, royalties off of it. Yeah. yeah. Check out the fanatic. When do you guys watch it? And just fucking, you can throw the bullet back at me because I'm just curious to see what you guys think of this film. It's an easy watch. It's an hour. I guess it's an hour and a half, maybe, but mm-hmm. it's a quick hour and a half. There's no slow spots in it, really, that I thought. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been watching the last couple of weeks. So Josh did it all for the nookie. I did it all for the nookie. So you can take that nookie. And anyway, is it cookie? Yes. Is it cookie? Yes. Okay. Well, fuck it. Who cares? Let's move on to our topic. You guys don't want to talk about 20 minutes worth of Limp Biscuit songs. I'd rather not. Um, uh, He actually did it all for Snooki. Ooh. I I don't know if I, you know what? The only other. I consider it. Oh no. No, I'd have to be really drunk, but no. (laughs) <laughs> um, the only other Limp Biscuit song I, I can really for name love, but I won't do was that. the George Michael remake that they did. Faith? Faith, yeah. Their their first album was really, really Here good. Here we yeah. go. Here we go. <laughs> the first album was really good. Right. 
And then it just started slowly was it like, was that spiraling. Like chocolate water in the that was their third one. That, that was their third one. I had chocolate water this morning. I chocolate yeah, I've had chocolate it? water most of the month of December. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I should probably get that looked at. Um, I followed them actually fairly closely while I was in high school. Gotcha. To the to the point where I had one of their the poster of significant other their second album um, gotcha. up on my wall in my bedroom. Chocolate starfish. Chocolate and starfish the, and, and the, hot dog water. Flavored water. Yeah. Yes, I remember. I'm I'm cool. I listen to Limp Bizkit. Let's move on to our topic. Um, <laughs> so we, this year, or today, um, for tonight, <laughs> fuck off, whatever. We decided to shut the fuck up because now I'm on Limp Bizkit. So we, instead, so our original topic was we're going to do the bottom five of 2019. Um, instead, it got turned around and we're going to do our top our 10 top- Limp Bizkit songs. Yes. <laughs> Starting with faith. And ending with faith. And <laughs> ending with faith. We're going to do our top 10 Horror films of the decade, um, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm excited to see if any of our lists really matches up because it's not like our year review where we kind of like usually it's the same kind of film, but like it kind of sometimes lands in a different spot. This is like the whole past decade. Um, So you have a lot of films to choose from. So I'm curious to see what everybody kind of came up with. Greg and Patrick kind of sort of did it differently than I did. Um, They did. They chose a movie by year, Mm -hmm. but... They wrote down more than one. To me, it's so difficult to choose the best of that year. And something that I brought up to you earlier, Josh, was I'm not really good at remembering what year movies came out. Right. So I will be forgetting like a lot of independent films that came out in certain certain years because I went back and looked at lists. Right. And I was seeing studio films. Exactly. Right. 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 So So. this is kind of like top 10 of the 2010s. Studio, studio films. films. Yeah, right. But, but I'm guessing that a lot of ours, it's going to be the same thing on a lot of ours anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said because you guys wrote down multiple films kind of for each year, you guys just want me to start. And I'll, in case I name one, you guys cross it off. Yeah, choose a different that's, one. That's, yeah, that's fine. fine. Do you want to do it that way? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, we will start with 2010. Um, I guarantee this is not on anybody's list, but, you know, shit in a box. Here we go. Uh, 2010, Adam Green's Frozen was my pick for 2010. Uh, this is a here. I, I'm going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna to go back to. I picked movies based on their rewatchability. Is yeah, that I the think right word? No, that's. Um, I think that's a great way to look at that. Where it's films that I can go back and rewatch mm-hmm. over and over and over again that are go tos for me. So a lot of this list for me is movies that I not only loved from the year, but a movie that I can rewatch over and over again still till this day. Mm-hmm. So Adam Green's Frozen was a movie that I fell into uh, actually late. Um, I probably saw it a couple years after it came out of, from 2010. And Adam Green has just be kind of become a uh, go-to filmmaker for me in general uh, because I'm a fan of the Hatchet films. Mm-hmm. Um, Digging Up the Marrow I thought was really great. So uh, Adam Green is just kind of one of those indie filmmakers that I follow and I just dig his stuff. So Adam Green's Frozen, 2010. I, I would actually like to put that on my list. Uh, because I did really enjoy that as much. I, you've been recommending it for years upon years, and I finally pulled the trigger this last October, and super glad I did because it's it's very it's so simple. Right. The simpleness of the movie is what makes it amazing. Right. And uh, what they did with it. So um, I would like to to tack that on as an honorable mention for uh, 2010. Cool. So I don't know if we're going. Go just go. Greg. I'll just go. Yep. 2010. I had one and only one that I wanted to put on here. And that was Tucker and Dale versus Evil. For sure. Fantastic. It actually came out in 2011. 
Not according to IMDb. The official release date was in 2011. Well, then somebody's lying. So I'm still leaving it on 2010 because I didn't see anything else under 2010. Sounds good. 2010. Patrick, go. I'll see if I can find something quick. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, Tucker and Dale is fine. Tucker and Dale is yeah, fine. It's, yeah. It's good. No, the only reason I knew that is because I was double checking all the release dates okay. for these things because I also had that for 2010. I will trust you. It's tough because, too, because so they might have made that in 2010. It could have probably screened somewhere it could in 2010, have somewhere in 2010 and then just didn't get wide release until 2011. Exactly. And and I was going off theatrical releases. So, so yeah. Go ahead, Patrick. Like you said, I had multiple ones for each year. But if I were to take the top one from the three that I listed on here, it I don't believe this was a studio film. It may have been. I know it was a remake of a foreign film, but the movie was Let Me In. Oh, mm. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, let the right uh, one in. Let the right one in, which yeah. is way, I mean, it's a shot for shot remake, but right. let the right one in was done really well. W- w- right. Yeah. But let me in, I thought was a really good mm-hmm. remake of it. I did Absolutely. not see and let me in. It. I saw let the let right, right one, one in. in. Yeah. So uh, you saw the same movie. Gotcha. Just Pretty much. stick Chloe yeah. Grace gotcha. Moretz in there and you're good. Same yeah. goddamn thing. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, my, point. that's a great pick. My runner ups were devil and the crazies. I hated Devil, the crazies. Oh, Devil was really good. The crazies I actually didn't mind. Devil um, was wasn't bad. It was it was a nice uh, reprieve for what Shyamalan had been right, pumping out. Right, so. yeah. different. Yeah. So um, yeah, tw- uh, 2011. 2011. Uh, my choice was Cabin in the Woods. It's. I mean, it's something that you've never seen before. Let's be really honest too. I'm yeah. trying. To, I, I disagree. I think oh. it's something that you have seen before, just not. All of it in okay. the same spot. <laughs> um, who did that? He did. Uh, what the fuck? What's the name of this uh, director that, or the writer director that? Uh, he's Patrick's going to tell me his name. I'm going to feel really fucking stupid here in a second because um, it's a name that you should just know. I, I, again, Greg disagrees, but I think I feel like it's something you've never seen before. No, ever. I, I was I was and, being stupid. It's it's not something you haven't seen before because they literally threw everything at you. Yeah, and the that's why. Yeah, that's yeah. why you haven't seen. Um, it. It's a really cool concept. And uh, I thought the cast was really good. Yeah, the, the ending alone was just worth the whole <laughs> fucking watch. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, uh, yeah, Cabin in the Woods is my 2011 choice. Uh, Drew Goddard was the director. Who was the writer of it, though? Well, Josh Whedon jo- and, yeah, yeah, and Josh Drew Whedon. Goddard. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep, so, yep, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, definitely. Also, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> just to cover both sides. It doesn't matter yeah, which. For but, sure. Yeah. All right, Tucker and Dale versus Evil or Cabin in the Woods. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Every time. Every time. Gotcha. It's it's just It's so rewatchable. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just it it mixes comedy and horror so well and it just it twists the uh the stereotypes of what it is and I think mm-hmm. that's what makes it hilarious yeah. and a good movie. When it comes to rewatchability for mm-hmm. my 2011 Okay, my three movies were Grave Encounters, Insidious, and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And when it comes to rewatchability, it's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Gotcha mm-hmm. for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, God, Insidious is so good. You said Engraved Encounters. Yeah. I'm trying to think of that one. I don't even remember that movie. It's I've it's, heard of it though. Yeah, you know, it's about uh, ghost hunters. Okay, cool. Uh, 2012. We're there. Uh, my pick for 2012 was American Mary. I thought it was uh, just a, a great film. I didn't see a lot of options in 2012 that I loved. Um, Standout-wise and rewatchability, um, the Saska sisters that we've chatted about on here before, I went with American Mary. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is the first time I saw that movie, I hated that movie. I really did. I did not like it. I thought it was, 
it was super hyped and I thought it was way overrated for what people were saying. Sure, sure. And then you watch it a couple more times and you, you catch things that you miss and, uh, you know, kind of what they were going for. And I found a, a small appreciation for that film. So enough to land on my 2012. Okay. So, Mary. Um, I, I agree with you. I'm flipping through 2012 just to make sure there's not something that I completely <laughs> missed. And there is just, there was not a lot that was good that I found in 2012. So my, uh, my pick for that year was actually Chernobyl diaries. Okay. Was a late discovery by me. I think I watched it last year, not this year for, um, uh, our 31 days of horror and was pleasantly surprised because it was shot found footage style, but it wasn't a found footage movie for real. Yeah, for sure. Yep. True. So really, really like that one. Chernobyl diaries. Cool. Patrick, my 2012 top one is, I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for this one because a lot of people just did not like it. And it's VHS. I did not mind VHS at all. I thought VHS was fairly decent. I didn't, I didn't think it was as good as ABC's of death. And I have not seen ABC's of death. Okay. I did. This was probably like one of my first introductions to anthology horror. Gotcha. And I thought that they were pretty well done for amateur hour because I think it was bloody disgusting. There were some names on that. On that anthology. Yeah. I mean, there there's some, there some, some names on it. People yeah. have gone on to do really good things. In yeah. fact, the fun fact, the director of the last segment, Radio Silence, the three guys that do Radio oh, Silence, yeah, yeah. they did the movie that we're reviewing tonight. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they've, I mean, these people have gone on to do bigger and better things. Yeah. But like I said, it was my first introduction to anthology horror, and I just really dug that series. Cool. Uh, 2013. I feel like this was my introduction to Fetty Alvarez as well. Uh, but my 2013 pick was Fetty Alvarez's Evil Dead. I'm not a huge remake fan, but that Evil Dead remake was the shit, I thought. Uh, super bloody, different concept. It didn't have mm-hmm. ash in it, um, so it was different. It had a really cool idea behind it. Tons of blood. The end of that movie was just straight raining, like literally raining blood in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I had hoped that they would come back and make an Evil Dead 2 with, with Fetty Alvarez, and that kind of fell through. So, um, And he went on to do uh, other things anyway. He did Don't Breathe and mm-hmm. um, some other stuff. So, But yeah, my 2013 pick is uh, the Evil Dead, Gregory. 2013 was another difficult one for me. Again, I'm flipping through it, and one that I came across, oh, Frankenstein's Army was 2013. Yes, it was. I didn't realize that. Interesting. I'm not seeing a whole lot that's standing out to me. Uh, If I wanted to give an honorable mention, I'd throw it to the remake of Carrie. I'm taking that with a grain of salt because just you can't touch the original. And for me, it's, it's gotta be as good as or better than the original. And the remake just was not there. So uh, my pick for 2013 was actually a movie that I got to review for the first time on the midnight fright cast with Josh and Tyler. And that was horns. Oh, that's a great pick. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. <clears throat> Indeed. I'm um, actually put that. I was going to put that on our watch list for this year and because it had dropped on Netflix and mm-hmm. I left it off. But Horns is a, it was a, actually it was a great, really good movie. Really good yeah. movie. Patrick, 2013. 2013. Well, start of an entire universe. The Conjuring. The Conjuring. I feel like I purposely left that off my list. Really? <laughs> yes. Because I love The Conjuring mm-hmm. in that whole universe, but I felt like that was going to come up. But that does not dismiss my pick sure. uh, because the evil dead was a ton of fun. And again, rewatchability wise, it's, I mean, it's a go to anytime the conjuring though is fucking that universe is great. 
So yeah, and I I can't say that the follow ups have been as good as the Conjuring right. itself, but I do appreciate this entire universe that he's created. The, the Conjuring it. Three, the the um, the info that I got about it does not sound that interesting. The devil made me do it. Yeah, is that what it's yeah. the tagline is? I'm not. The full it's name the, of it? yeah, I'm not loving it, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, 2014. Actually, oh, for 2013, ahead. the another one that I w- could have put on that list was The Purge because that started that whole series. Uh, yep. And it's obviously the best of all of them. Yes, the original of The First Purge. Yeah. yeah. Not The First Purge, but The Purge. <laughs> the Purge. Yeah. And Greg, what was your pick for 2013? I'm keeping track and maybe Horns. posting it. Horns. Horns? Horns. Like. Got it. Porns. Yes, porns. <laughs> As in more than one? Yeah. Porn? Cool. Um, my pick for 2014 is my pick of the decade. So we can just get this out on the table right now. Uh, my pick for 2014, Greg's going to high five me, but I feel he's going to take his high five back real quick is Kevin Smith's Tusk. Oh, took all the air out of the room. Fuck you all. Um, what were you going to high five me for? What do you think I was going to say? I'm just curious. I'll talk about it later. Okay. Fantastic. Kevin Smith made Tusk. In 2014. I thought you were going to choose It Follows. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, why would I choose that dog shit movie? Um, and uh, Tusk uh, started the uh, me talking about it for the next five years. And, and us basically. giving you shit about it yep. for the next five years. Um, I love that movie. It's not my pick of the decade. I'm taking that back. I was kidding. But 24, it is my pick of 2014. And again, it's a movie I've seen a hundred times. And it's a movie that I could put in, turn my back listen to it and know exactly what's going on kind of the same way except and, i turn uh, my back and i walk out of the room that's and fine then i call josh and i said what the fuck is wrong with you um that's fine it's <laughs> it's you know said and i i'll try not to take too much time uh because i know we have other shit to talk about but that whole base off the podcast thing <clears> um <throat> that whole watching that how it was movie created get built yep um is something i go back to all the time and um i just think it's a, a fantastic kind of kind of way to see that movie come together so uh, 2014 Tusk. Greg, go ahead. Well, Tusk was not on my list. I'm going to slowly build up to it because I actually had four on my list that I really liked. 2014 was a great year for horror. Hmm. I, and I know that. Sorry, by the way, I do know that 2014 was a great year for horror. Um, and there's a, a handful of movies that I left off my list uh, because I picked one. So anyway, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> I don't do the pick one. I like picking multiples because it's how I roll. So uh, It Follows is one that I really... Shut up, Josh. You I, like, you I like enjoyed Tusk. it, too. It's on you my, like Tusk. Shut you guys up. are fucking full of garbage it was on my top that you like. It, that year. it yeah. follows. You like Tusk. You probably shut like up. the fucking witch. Shut too. up. No. Dog shit. No. Fucking don't We'll watchers. fight. We will fight. We will fight. Death. I will fucking put on my walrus suit and chase your ass around this <laughs> fucking basement. I will kick you in your walrus balls. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it Follows was on my list. Another one that was actually a found footage, but I feel one of the better found footage movies was As Above, So Below. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> um, hey, people. Number three on my list was a uh, – there's a word I wanted to use. Um, Garbage? Fuck, no. Fuck you, Josh. Uh, it was Creep. Mark Duplass <laughs> mm-hmm. and Creep oh. was a great movie. Dark Horse. That's what I wanted to say. It was a Dark Horse movie. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere. And my pick for the decade, what I thought you were going to say, but I was very disappointed – was Last Shift. That would have never been my pick for the decade. Not for real? Fucking years. Oh, my no. God. If I, yeah, that's it's a great, down. It's a great movie, but I don't know if it would have been my pick for the for the year. It it comes down to rewatchability, and it's oh, legitimately true. the last horror movie that scared the crap out of mm. me. 
And I think that that says something. I think it's a great pick. There's no doubt about that. So I, I mount that up. That is my 2010s pick of the pick of the decade. Say what you want. I don't care. It's better than Tusk. <laughs> For 2014, uh, I also had It Follows on my list. I had a Australian or New Zealand movie called Housebound, which I don't know if either of you mm-hmm. guys have seen it. It's very interesting pseudo uh, horror comedy. But I did have As Above, So Below listed as my number one pick for that year. And it would not have been in 2014, but since rewatching it multiple times and having a much better appreciation for how it wraps around Dante's, Dante's Inferno. Inferno. Yep. I, I just uh, now in 2019, it is my pick for 2014. Cool. 2015. Uh, yep. Yeah, sorry, we're in 2015. Yep. Okay, my 2015 uh, film pick was Green Room. I thought Green Room was fantastic. You've never seen uh, fucking what's his name, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, the way you've seen him in that film. It's a brutal, brutal film. It's hardly a horror film. Mm-hmm. It's really super brutal, though. And I just enjoyed the shit out of that movie. I thought the music was great. Just the brutality of the film I thought was fantastic. So that is my pick for 2015 is Green Room. Excellent, excellent. But you look at these lists and you see multiple movies in different sides. Like I'm looking at a 2015 list and Creep is on there. And like, where are they pulling this stuff from? It's just frustrating. 2015 for me uh, was another good year, I feel. I'll probably get made fun of for a lot of these. Krampus was in 2015, and I'm not saying yeah. it's a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I really enjoyed it as a Christmas horror movie. I appreciated the uh, the production value of it, that they didn't rely on CGI heavily. Krampus is a fun fucking movie. It is. It's a really fun movie. Um, if you're looking for a, a nice family horror movie to watch for Christmas, definitely check out Krampus. Another one, which was uh, a lesser known, called The Voices. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah really yeah. enjoyed that one. And then uh, another, I, I guess I live in the horror comedy realm, is uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. That's a fucking fun movie. I dude. love that That's movie. That's a great movie. Love that movie. That's a ton of fun. So those are my Is three. that your pick? Yep. Those are my okay, three. Cool. Patrick, 2015. I also live in the realm of horror comedy, and one of my favorites of 2015 was What We Do in the Shadows. Have you seen the TV show? I have not yet. The TV show is pretty funny. I've never seen the movie, but do, I've seen the TV show. Do they show. take a lot out of the movie? Oh, you said you haven't <laughs> never seen, seen the, the movie. movie, so I couldn't tell you. But yeah, from well, what I've seen Patrick. on the show, it is pretty funny. No, I yeah, I really enjoy <laughs> that show. It is very funny. Um, well, I'm going to pull Patrick and Greg and make a list for 2016 because you know, <laughs> since you guys were like, oh, I'm going to write down 900 movies for the year instead of one. 2016 was tough for me. So I I had to pick one. 2016 was a really good year. 2016 was fucking full of movies. So I'm going to list a couple and then I'm going to say, I'll go say my my Mm -hmm. pick. But uh, your cup, my couple will definitely be on your guys' list. Uh, 2016 produced Terrifier. Yep. um, The Belko Experiment. 2016 produced Split and Raw and The Monster and uh, The Shallows. The Girl with All the Gifts was a fucking fantastic movie. The Eyes of My Mother we watched. 10 Cloverfield Lane we watched. Sorry, I'm going to name them all. <laughs> Autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, my pick should have been Train to Busan because it's like a movie I talked about like crazy along with Lights Out and Don't Breathe. But my pick for 2016 after I've named all the fucking movies that are probably on your list was Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Um, Blair Witch. Um, and, I, and that was uh, mainly because I went back to our last few podcasts mm-hmm. when we did our 2010. And that was my pick for that year, which yeah. is why I just opted not to change it because Blair Witch was my number one for that year. 
but 2016 produced a ton was a great year for of movies, movies um, that were all really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. I probably could have done my top 10 out of 2016. Um, I kind of just did. So anyway, <laughs> Greg, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, like you said, you uh, you named all of the movies that were on my list. I had uh, Terrifier on there as one. The Monster was another one. I I completely forgotten about that, and we had watched that a while yeah. back. That was a great movie. Belko Experiment. I apparently didn't catch that one in all the lists I was looking at. And then the one that you had recommended more times than I can care to remember or care to recall was Train to Basan. Yeah, which I pulled the trigger on this year and right. kicking myself now for letting that sit for so long. Yeah, and they have a. I feel like Patrick shared the news uh, or a trailer or something, but they're. Working on a sequel. They have a yeah, sequel coming out for Train to Busan. Yeah. Uh, not to go to go with the American remake they're doing for Train to Busan also, but they have a, a sequel coming out. Yeah, um, that will be very interesting. I think so. Yeah, if it's got the same feel and the same kind of anything for Train to Busan, it's going to be fantastic. It'll and, be uh, interesting because it's going to be like right as the end of how it uh, how Train to Busan ended. I guess we can spoil it, can't we? Yeah, but I wouldn't because okay. I mean you could. I guess people. Just, I guess if you haven't up, seen it in the last three years, you're probably not going to fucking. It watch picks it, up but. from where it left off, right? Yeah, that's what it's. But, like. That'll be interesting because I was not a huge fan of the end. I loved it, man. but <laughs> it tugged at the heartstrings. Yeah, no, that, I, yeah. that's the part that I loved about it. Yeah. The whole movie is was, was right. it was you were in it the whole time, but then it got to the end and you're just like, really? That was okay, fine. Yeah. So so, uh, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> 2016. I actually had ch- I had written down Green Room because when I listened to the thing, that's what I picked. But you'd said it was 2015, so could be one or the other. But I also had Train to Busan and Don't Breathe. Looking back at the year, I would probably put Don't Breathe over Green Room if Green Room came out that year. Yeah, Don't Breathe is really, really great. So I would probably um, say Don't Breathe would be my pick. Right. Hmm. There's a movie I yeah. forgot came out in 2016, and that was this is the movie uh, The Girl with All the Gifts was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. As 2016 was a great Yeah, it year. really was. It's tough. Greg, so, you had you had picked Hush that year. Hush is a fucking fantastic movie. Forgot about that one. Damn. Yeah. Hush is great. Uh, 2017, I'm pretty sure it's going to land on all our lists, so we probably all say it. It was the number one on our list for 2017 is Get Out. Get Out. So uh, we can all just agree on that. Um, you know, and that was tough for me to put that over it that year or just even till today, even today, I think is, really? is difficult for me to put it over it. Interesting. But, but I still think it was a more solid horror movie. Yeah. I'll be curious to see. And don't tell me now. It, uh, I'll be curious to see if it chapter two lands on anybody's list you're here mm-hmm. um, for 2019. So did 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 us had multiples for the first place or for the top just 10? in general. Top okay. 10, yeah. Oh, uh, Greg. Some sorry. of us had multiples. Oh, for 2017? Mm-hmm. Oh, Greg, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Creep 2. Creep 2? Yep. Mm-hmm. Was a solid sequel. Do you have multiples, Patrick? Uh, just a couple to throw out. Happy Death Day, because it was fun. Uh, gotcha. No, just because it was fun. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> but Split. Split was a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Greg's uh, Happy Death Day or Tusk? Tusk. Oh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. 2018. Again, my number one was Quiet Place. Quiet Place so. for me. And I'm sticking with Hereditary. That was you went with Hereditary for number mm-hmm. one. Yep, interesting. That was uh, honorable mention on my list. Also, was The Perfection. I did not see that movie. You didn't see that's the a good movie. It's a fantastic movie. That Check it out on Netflix. Right? It's very twisty. Yes. Yeah. Very twisty. Yeah, I did not see it. So check it out. Uh, uh, same gal that is uh, the lead in Get Out, Allison Williams. Oh, gotcha. Is in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's our 
So you said horror film of the decade for you, Greg, was what? Last Shift. It was Last Shift. Mm-hmm. Patrick, if you had to pick one off your list, could you do it? I couldn't. You couldn't do I it? I couldn't do it because I enjoy too many subgenres. Right. It'd be fucking tough. Yeah. It'd be really um, tough. Even off my like list of like movies that I could just rewatch over and over again, I don't think any of those would land on my top ten of the decade. Yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, uh, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. It'd, it'd be tough. So mm-hmm. uh, let's move on. But if anybody wants to share out there, if anybody listens, to well, this we didn't cover thing, one year in the decade. We did not cover 2019, which so we will cover in two weeks. In two weeks. Two weeks. On our final podcast of the year, uh, we're going to cover our top ten of the 2019. And uh, yeah, we won't have Maddie again that day either. I don't believe Maddie's film of the decade though is The Void, Void. and her number one film of 2019 is, is the, the Void. Void. So we just her, cover num- Maddie. her number one film of all time <laughs> is The Void. I wouldn't say that. It was funny listening to Followed the, by Hellraiser. Hellraiser, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there it is. Listening to the 2016 Best Of, she talked about watching The Void then, and she had already seen it multiple times then. Gotcha. So I'm curious how many times she's but actually she seen this movie. She fucking hated it that first time, too, I remember her saying, I thought. Yeah. So hmm. tonight, we'll move on to our feature. You get to watch it, Greg? Mm-hmm. Okay. Our feature tonight is a movie that will 1,000% end up in my top 10. Uh, we watched Ready or Not. Uh, Patrick, you got deets? I do have deets. Ready or not, 2019, running an hour 35. A bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. IMDb rating, 6.9. Metacritic score rating, 64%. Rotten Tomato critics rating, 88%. Rotten Tomato audience score, 78%. I see Greg like shaking his head no and then yes and then, and then yes. no and then, yes. and then yes. Those first two were low. The first two were very low, Six, 100%. 6.9, almost 70%. That's low. You think? I think. Yeah. Mm, okay. I, I, I'd go, I'd go low right. on that. All right. <laughs> what was that? Um, I'm talking in high voice. Okay. Um, I saw this movie in the theater when it came out and I'm kind of glad I did because watching on the small screen it's does tough. not do this movie – any justice at all. Well, especially I, that last scene. Yes. Yeah. yeah. thousand percent I, yes. I, I watched it on about the smallest screen possible. Did you watch it on your phone? Yes, I did. Gotcha. I really am kicking myself for that. And I will be re-watching this movie on my TV at home, which is still not going to do it justice, but it's going to look better it's than it will be better on, the than the phone. on the phone. Right, yeah. yeah. Like Patrick said, especially that last scene. I, I um. missed it in the theater as well. <laughs> it had left. It's like the weekend I went to go was mm-hmm. the weekend it left theaters. Gotcha. Oh, um, it's so much goddamn fun on the movie. Oh, yeah. I, and I was like one of, I think, three people in this movie when I went and saw it. Yeah. So it had been out for a little bit, but even though, even I was like, God damn, where is everybody? This Everybody should be seeing this movie. Samara Weaving is really fantastic. And although it's like an ensemble kind of cast, she carries it very well. Mm-hmm. And unknowns, minus uh, Samara Weaving and uh, uh, who played the mom in the movie? Andy McDowell. Andy, Andy McDowell. McDowell. I didn't know anybody else's name. It's not because I guess it's just because I don't know them, and just because they they might be known, and I just don't know them. The the uh, brother Daniel was played by an actor named Adam Brody. Patrick, you should recognize him. He's off headset, and we could make fun of him now. Yes, you can. Patrick has old balls, and we call him Mr. Dingleberry Old Balls. And he's uh, looks he's like he's going to drain away. those, um, drain the old ball. Oh no, he's shutting the. Uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> there was there was uh, there was a machine that turned on. Um, the machines were, were killing time while Dingleberry Old Balls is 
walking slowly back to his chair and he's putting the headphones uh, on. And Patrick a, is back. A really oh, great. I just sat on my old dingle balls. <laughs> a really great um, ensemble cast. Uh, go ahead, Greg. Hold on. Shit. Um, Adam Brody. Yeah, Adam Brody played the the brother. Do you recognize the brother at all? I do not. He was Ted from the league. Ted. The guy from California with sure. AIDS. Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That was him. Overall. It was, it was AIDS that got you? <laughs> what? When you define a character like that, yes. Just overall the movies, uh, again, it, when I, anymore when I go to like horror films, I'm just looking for a, an hour and a half of just fun. I don't need to be like really like, I'm not looking for scares anymore. I'm just looking to have a, a good time. And Ready or, not, uh, Ready or Not was that film. I don't love the title. I do not love the title of the movie. I don't know what else you would have called it. I don't know why um, they just didn't call it Hide and Seek. There's already a movie called Hide and Seek Out. Um, you could double multiples, up. But Nobody's going to remember the Robert De Niro film. Well, I remember it. And that was movie so movie you movie. just did? Yeah. So That's the only reason um, I know it is because yeah. it was a Robert De Niro film. Um, don't love the title. I don't hate it. I just I, I wonder if they would have come up with something better. But um, go ahead, Greg. I, I actually don't mind it. I think it's... Uh, it doesn't really give you a lot into what the movie is going to be about. Right. And once you get into it, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. And right. then it gets into it, and mm-hmm. you really don't care about the title. You're just right. eyes glued on the screen um, because yeah. it is a very entertaining film. From the opening scene, it's just, like it starts off like, all right, this right, you're getting into the shit. Uh, there's a character in there, and it's her, her name's Emily. Mm-hmm. She's the standout character, one of the standout characters in the ensemble for me. She's a girl that keeps accidentally fucking killing everybody. <laughs> the cocaine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, I could watch this girl just murder everybody all day right. long. It's so much fun. But yeah, it's, it's, this is a really good time of a movie. So did you pick this one, Patrick? I did. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because you had originally seen it, and then I had caught it for the 2019 list. Yeah. And I said, well, my choice was originally Martyrs. Yes. And I said, you know what? I, d- I don't think I want to do that to Greg. Right. So I threw in this instead. Also, it worked out because Maddie couldn't come tonight. Right. right. And I don't think we could have reviewed Martyrs without her. That's um, true. I true. think that would have been a review that would have not been, would have been done s- justice yeah, yeah, without that, Maddie. It would have been sacrilegious to so, not have her here. So um, I'm watching us on the screen and my, my flip off landed perfectly on camera. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. Um, I still love you. Yeah, yeah. Go, uh, go, go ahead. <laughs> but it's purely a butt thing. Um, Shut up, Dingleberry. What do you think, Greg? Uh, absolutely love this film. Like I said, uh, watching it on my phone in places undisclosed would, does not do this justice. It's it's electric. Uh, not electrifying. It's uh, fuck. I had a word and I lost it. It's uh, exciting from beginning to end. Yeah. Um. You know, you get thrown right into the the action of what the hell's going on and then oh my god what the hell is going on right and then you go into a wedding and it's like well that just kind of escalated quickly and now we're okay what's going on so i don't know that there's much else i can say about it, it was beautifully shot right um i think you are 100 percent correct samara weaving is right amazing absolutely right. amazing she carried this entire film for sure i don't know that i wanted more from the family but i wanted a little bit more and i don't know what that would be of I like that they were very comedic. Like you could almost call this a very horrific black comedy, right? In certain respects, uh, especially with the the sister Emily, who right. just apparently walks in and can point blank blow somebody's face off or right. put an arrow through something. It was throat. her like it was her like her dialogue that followed yeah. every kill. Right. That oh, was yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, that was fantastic. And she was committed to the over the top character, mm-hmm. which I think is what you're you might be touching on Greg is that not all of the actors in the family 
portrayed those characters as heightened as she did. Sure. And I think that would have helped all of their character development just a little yeah. bit more. Just push it a little bit more. Um, I, I could definitely agree with that. Uh, I tell you, the one character that I really did not like was the butler or the, okay. I don't know what yeah, you would yeah, call yeah, him. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. call him a butler. The butler. Yeah. He just he felt weirdly out of place. Like I get what he was doing. I understand what his character was about, but the whole conducting thing was weird. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't given as much as everybody else. No, right. and I think that but, was it. May have been because he was such a supporting supporting character right. that you wanted him to be a little bit forgettable or something like that. You needed almost a straight man. He's also the only character they let improv. Oh, really? In that movie, um, that some of his dialogue was improv. He's got a line. Um, after she kills the second maid, he has a line about, let's go see if we can find the third maid to clean that up. Um, that was all improv. <laughs> I must have missed um, that one. <laughs> so um, some of his dialogue was improv. And he, mm-hmm. was there the only one, he was the only one they kind of let play. Okay. Okay. Um, Interesting. And he was, a, he was the comedic relief. That was his, kind of his role mm-hmm. was to come in there and kind of do that kind of stuff. Um, those guys were passed on. Those directors were passed on. They came in and talked to – the studio about making this movie mm-hmm. and they were just like I said, they were passed on and there's their agent called the studio after they had already gone through other people and they came around back to these guys and they came in with a whole visual concept and like how they wanted to, to do this movie and kind of sold it to them. Like, this is how we see this movie and they're the only ones they felt like that got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did catch, uh, again, I'm a special features whore, So I watched, the, the big featurette on this yeah. before I came here because I like little things like that. Yeah. Sure. So. I'd like to borrow that from you. Just to, I will give just it to you. Just to catch yeah. the uh, Yeah, the special features is about features. 50 minutes. This would be one I would go out and uh, buy. Oh, 100%. Like yeah. this is – that's that's kind of my, my drawing force anymore of if is – will this land in my, my collection at home? Yeah. And is it worth that? And I feel like this one's definitely worth yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's a revisit for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. I think one of the things that sold me on this was just some of the one-liners – all the way through and I don't want to give them away because they're fun. Did you guys, and I won't give it away. Did you guys see the twist coming at the kind of the end of the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, did it, you see that come, or did you call that? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, something was off and I, I sensed something was coming. I didn't sense it in the way that it did, which I am glad for right. it. But I just, I mean, we've seen so many horror movies. You right. have to expect the unexpected, but I, yeah. I feel like that watching that struggle was probably the best uh, example of that kind of twist. Agreed, we've agreed. Seen. Absolutely, so, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I completely appreciated certain things that Samara Weaving was doing in this movie, especially when it came to her hand, mm-hmm. the things that happened to her oh, hand, yep, and yep, then yep, having to yep. react to this all is of those fun things. Doing with no spoilers, I know you can't spoil it, <laughs> but I mean, like, there, I mean, she was acting with her hand. No. um... No, what, what she had to deal with because of what had happened to her hand. Right. Just, I thought, I mean, just she sold it so well mm-hmm. during this whole thing. And by the way, Samara Weaving was also in two movies that we all enjoyed. I was going to ask, what were they? The Babysitter. Yes, she was the Babysitter. She was the Babysitter. Yes. And then Mayhem. Yes, she was the girl in Mayhem. Yeah. She was the lead girl in Mayhem. Steve Yen. Greg did not watch Mayhem with us. Oh, he skipped it. He did not see Mayhem. Maybe. It was about the guy who found out he was being fired, so he worked his way to the top of the building to take his revenge on yeah, his boss. Greg did not watch that movie. Oh, I no, actually, I think I did watch it. Did you? Yeah, because it was uh, Steve Un from. It was very Walking similar to the Belko experiment. Wasn't yeah, very, it? very similar. Yes. Yeah, I think I did see okay, that. You did yeah. watch I just it have okay. to go back and remember. Gotcha. Yeah, no, she played batshit crazy really well in yeah. that movie. Yeah, 
Yeah, she's great. She really is. Yeah, she definitely carried this movie. Mm-hmm. The supporting actors were really good. I, I I felt this movie had kind of a clue yes. to it. Yep, 100%. absolutely. Because of the house itself and the ancient weapons they were walking around with. Mm-hmm. And once again, you know, I just talked about Radio Silence earlier. That I thought they did a really good job of right. putting this movie together. Right. A lot of times when you when you stick characters into a giant house as they did in this. A lot of people say that the house is kind of a character. Did you guys feel that at all in this? I did, yeah. Yeah. 100%. You did? There's so many different yeah. options in that house. Well, with the dumbwaiter, with the seller. The dumbwaiter, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so many different thing, levels yeah. to work with. Uh, this, but yeah. I was also happy that they took it outside of the house. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it could have been a movie that 100% mm-hmm. was trapped inside that house for an hour and a half. And it could have gotten kind of uh, boring and repetitive. Mm-hmm. So I was 100% happy that they took this outside of the house and gave that a little bit of time as well absolutely okay so. i was i was watching a little bit for that and i i there were some instances where i felt that especially the uh shit we're not spoiling never mind <laughs> boy this is tough but yeah I, I just wanted to see what your guys thoughts were on right that. Yeah. so beautifully shot cinematography yeah. a lot of in some of the reviews that i had seen they talked about how it was overlit and i, I don't agree with that no not at all i think it was just fine that they were saying that it was overlit because Andy McDowell was looking much older. And I'm saying, do you realize how old Andy McDowell? She doesn't I mean, look that fucking old to me. No, no, I didn't think so either. But, so uh, fun I'm, fact. I'll oh, go ahead, Greg. I, you almost wanted to look a little bit older and maybe a little bit more tragic, which I think if you what they did, they brought the lights down to be mm-hmm. able to uh, to show that tragicness yeah. in her and i think they did a really good job with it no but i thought it was like i said i thought it was beautifully shot the cinematography was really really good. really well done absolutely yeah. and the and the special effects really really good mm-hmm. especially the, <laughs> the blood the gore mm-hmm. yeah really absolutely good. uh fun fact samara weaving uh they made 17, 17 different dresses. wedding dresses for her really every single time something happened to her dress in that movie she had to change they put a different dress on her so even as far as like ripping the bottom Thanks. of the dress off, new dress. At one point, she, like, I think, cuts herself on a fence or something. Yep. Uh, new dress. Mm-hmm. Um, every little time something happened to that dress just to keep uh, the continuity of it, they brought in a brand new dress. Um, I thought that that's, like, that's costume that's designing, like... Really good attention the, to detail. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, hmm. and usually that's not something that everybody really pays attention to in those kind of movies, or just in movies in general as costumes. Um, but I thought that fact was kind of cool. Well, especially so. on that scene where she does cut her back and they like close up show it. Yeah. You know, I think they want you to pay attention to that kind right. of stuff. And I didn't catch anything continuity wise or otherwise. Right. Uh, just now that you're mentioning that uh, they did a really good job with I'm all around. Just it was a great movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. She goes through the shit on this one. <laughs> yeah. Almost quite literally. Um, and like we kind of talked about already, the ending was just bonkers. The ending was an alternate ending. Really? That was not the original ending? It was. They filmed two different endings, but that's not the alternate ending that that was the original ending in the theater that you went and saw. That's the ending they went with. But they wrote a darker ending where I will tell you what happened off the mic. Okay. Okay. And then they went back. It wasn't an audience thing. I don't think they ever showed it to an audience. They just went back and they were like, we need to do something else. Yeah. Um, and then you got the ending that you guys actually saw is what they went with. Um, and that ending was just fucking fun. So, and it was all practical. It really? All practical. And I will talk about that. Off yeah. The, off I'd the be mic interested to hear how uh, that oh, was that just, done practically. That just raised yep. the level for me. So, yeah. so yeah, 
shall we do the uh, just a couple fun facts real go. quick? The budget was only six million for this movie. Nice, but it made eight million on opening weekend, so not a huge opening weekend. However, it did gross over fifty-seven million worldwide. So pretty for, pretty for, successful yeah, movie for a movie too with like really nobody in it. Yeah. And I don't really know if that movie got really promoted that much or uh, um, got a lot of. Um, uh, what am I trying to think yeah, of? I, I know what you're saying. But uh, a lot of airtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Ryan Murphy was a writer on this, mm. but he was also an actor in the How to Use a Crossbow video. Really? The one guy was watching. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You already talked about the 17 wedding dresses. Uh, overall body count, 15 kills. Nice. That's great for, I mean, yeah. you, don't even, you don't get that in these movies anymore at all. No. And it didn't even seem like there were that many characters in this. No. But when you go through it, yep. Kills. I mean, <laughs> never mind. Again, I'll put it, put a push pin in that know, because I want to. I know because of <laughs> yeah, right, right. We can't say <laughs> it, it. Body count rises pretty quick. Quickly, yeah, yeah. So, should we do our uh, ratings? Sure. I don't really know what the fuck the titles of the ratings are. To be honest with you, we've been doing this for a while, and I don't remember. We we rate our movies on three separate categories. You, there man. is the fear factor. That's it. The gore score. I remember that one. Overall, and mm-hmm. would you recommend it to a friend? Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't. So, uh, fear factor. Uh, I'd say three, and that's being pretty generous. Right. I didn't feel fear at all in this. Maybe a little anxiety in the, uh, I don't know what you want to call that scene, and I don't want to give it away, yeah. uh, where she falls into a place mm-hmm. and then has to find a way out. Mm-hmm. That scene yeah. was a little cringy. So I'll give, it, I'll, I'll give it the three because of that scene. We should alternate based off the movie. So, like, yeah, fear, fear Factor could work with, like, a ghost kind of story or something. Yeah. For yeah. Ready or Not, it should be Fun Factor. Okay. Um, oh, Fun yeah. Factor is uh, really high, I would say. So let's try Fun Factor instead okay. of Fear Factor this time. Let's start over. Greg, Fun Factor. <laughs> fun Factor. Uh, I would give this a nine. Yeah. This is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Patrick. Based on Fun Alone, eight, easily. Yeah, Fun Factor is going to be a nine for, for this for this guy. Absolutely. Definitely. So uh, let's do Gore Score. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, it's going to be a five. Only because yeah. Maddie is not here, I'm going to give it a seven. You're going to go this seven? This was pretty heightened in the gore mm-hmm. factor, but in the spirit in which it was done, you're welcome, Maddie. It was done extremely well. Right. Including that scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. There was a lot of blood. Yeah. In this movie, and there was enough stuff to make me cringe. Yep. Yeah. Watching some of the... The kills and yeah, yeah. So I'd probably give it about a seven. Okay. Well, I mean, my fun factor goes with my blood factor, so I'm gonna go nine again. Really? Because right. uh, wow. yeah, I had a bloody good time watching this movie. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I'm gonna go high with the blood. Um, yeah. So uh, overall, I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah. I, this is just it was a great movie all around. It was fun to watch. It was bloody as hell. It was just a really good horror movie. Really great story, most mm. of all. That's the most well important written. thing. Yeah. Really well written story, and I just I highly recommend this to any friends that want to yeah. check this one out. I'm not going to go quite that high because I wanted to see the supporting cast be developed just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it probably a seven five eight. Okay, right in that area. Did you need them to be developed more? It's just that Samara Weaving did such a good job. I wanted to see them elevate to her level of performance. Okay. Here, here's what scares me about doing that, and this might completely detract from what I was talking about earlier with wanting a little bit more from them, is 
you'd almost get to a point where you might care about the characters. I kind of wanted to care about one or two of them. Emily for sure, which I feel like you did. I, I cared a little bit about Emily. She was such a... I, a yeah. You know, she was, she was the family joke. Everybody right. shit on her but because she had the throwaway problem. character. She is a throwaway character, but you you felt for her when she fucked up, and everybody was like, "Oh, my Emily fucked up again," and this, that, and the other thing, or whatever. <laughs> I also wanted, but I also wanted to feel more. I'm that family bored. member, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for the brother that did try to help out. Okay. Yes, him for sure. I, I felt he he was a little flat for what he needed to do in this movie. I I would agree with that. I I feel like he stepped it up a little bit more towards the shit. Towards the shit? Yes, towards yeah. the shit. Right. Yeah. Should I continue? No, you're fine. Towards the end. I don't mm-hmm. think that's saying anything. That's not saying anything. Okay. Yeah, I feel like he ramped his character up a little bit more towards the end to where I think he wanted it to be. But I felt like his his uh, progression was handled very nicely. Mm-hmm. I'd almost say handled better than her husband. And I can't think of his name. I would agree with that probably. Her husband was a little flat for my liking. I also could have used less of the butler. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. Uh, nines across the board for me nice. uh, for this film. Uh, I was a, a huge fan of Ready or Not. When I, was, I I walked out of that theater feeling like I was leaving a fucking party. So <laughs> I just had a really good time. I don't want to party um, with you, man. So I, I was like, give 2020, step up, give me more of those. Because mm-hmm. uh, as much as I love a good scary movie sometimes, I would choose a Ready or Not kind of film over anything at this point right now and what i liked about this is with you guys knowing that i'm a huge horror comedy fan is that this was horror comedy without being over the top horror comedy like it it was very subtle it wasn't very subtle yeah it wasn't jokey Mm -hmm. because you know like Shaun of the dead which is like one of my all-time favorites still had that jokey element Mm -hmm. to it you know and definitely some of these others that we mentioned earlier this evening was uh were very jokey but this one was that almost perfect blend right Shaun of the dead was dialogue jokey mm-hmm. ready or not was bit yeah jokey i feel mm-hmm. like um where they put little bits in there mm-hmm. that were funny but they committed to those bits yes it, it wasn't just a bit to be funny right it was a bit that ended up being funny right exactly exactly so, yeah yeah so we're gonna wrap this uh thing up with some plugs i know greg's got one so uh plug greg I am Greg the Movie Guy, and I am positively writing movie reviews over at gregthemovieguy.com. Uh, my plug is coming soon. Yep. Now, if you're a fan of the Frightcast, we know you are. Help us out. Make sure that you head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, and make sure that you rate and review us and tell all of your friends and family. You can find us on all of the social media, so look for us at the Midnight Frightcast, and finally, make sure to check out our films at midnightfrightfilms.com. Cool. So for Greg and Patrick and myself, and even for Maddie, uh, this was episode number 70. We will see you next time. Last cast of the year. Be sure to be there. Yeah.